So let's get started. I'm not sure if you have been to any of the webinars that we've hosted in the past. If so, thank you so much for joining us again. And if not, welcome. We, we love that you're here. We love that you're taking the time to spend uh, your lunch break with us to learn about recreational and extracurricular activities for our kiddos. I am Michelle Morris from Consolidated Planning Group. Um, today's webinar is being recorded and we will send you the slides later on today and a link to that recording. Um, if you happen to be listening on our podcast, you can email us contact at cpgcares.net to get a copy of the slides. Um, so since we're in webinar mode, we cannot hear you or see you, uh, but we know you're out there because we can see how many participants are joining us. But please, if you have questions, go ahead and put them in the chat box. Um, since we have so many presenters today, if you would like to address your question to a specific person, please make sure that you put their name in the question so that they can answer. And all of our part, all of our panelists, um, I encourage you to keep an eye on that chat box so that you can see if any of the questions are for you or if you can help direct somebody to the right information. So uh, here at Consolidated Planning Group, we are a financial planning firm that focuses on families with special needs loved ones. We've been doing this for over 30 years, and um, we are located in Sugarland, Texas, which is just outside of Houston. We serve families all across Houston, all across Texas, and all across the United States. So no matter where you are, as long as you're in the U.S., we can help. Um, we are members of the Million Dollar Roundtable, which just, you know, many people are unfamiliar with that. It just means that a lot of families trust us to advise them. We're also members of the Special Needs Planning Academy, and we are nationally so, so certified <laughs> as Social Security Advisors. Um, so we've got your back when it comes to the money side of things and the special needs benefits that are available and things like that. Uh, so families come to us a lot for protection plans, lifetime care plans, transition planning, you know, that magical time when your child turns 18 and suddenly the government thinks they're an adult, even though you're, they're still your little babies. Um, we help families set up ABLE accounts, and we always aim to educate and advocate for families because we know it's hard. We know that you're in the thick of things, and um, many people don't know what to do or what it, what even you should be thinking about doing. Um, fewer than a tenth of a percent of all of the financial advisors in the United States actually focus on special needs planning. So you are definitely in the right place. Uh, today's webinar is being sponsored and helped out by Hope for Three. Uh, so I would like to let Jessica go first. She's got several slides here to tell us about Hope for Three, and then we'll get going on the other information for the day, okay? So thank you all very much. I'm just going to say it one more time. Yes, this is being recorded. And yes, you will receive the slides later on today. Go ahead, Jess. 
Thanks, Michelle. Hi, everyone. Um, my name is Jessica Jubin. I'm the philanthropy director at Hope for Three Autism Advocates. And online with me today is our program director, Chris. Chris, are you here? Good afternoon, everyone. I'm Christina Haro. I'm the programs coordinator. Um, we host activities for families, for parents, and for children, and also help um, our families through their journey, um, autism journey. Thank you, Chris. And our program director is Rowena Lane. She may be hopping on um, later on to ask questions in the chat. Um, but Hope for Three has been in the community. We're located in Sugarland. We serve all of Fort Bend County and beyond. Um, our mission, um, we actually just went through strategic planning. So our mission, didn't, my new mission didn't make it onto the slide, but it is uh, much simpler to walk alongside and support families on their autism journey, as Chris mentioned. And we've been doing that in the community since 2011. So I think the next slide explains a little bit about autism. I know this may not pertain to every single person in the audience, but um, everybody in the audience probably knows someone with or affected by autism. So um, we used to say just a year ago, one in 44 children has autism. That stat was recently updated by the CDC. It's now one in 36. So <clears throat> odds are we know someone uh, or have a loved one who is living with autism. It is still the leading and fastest growing developmental disability in the US and also one of the most underfunded. Um, you can see here, it is more common than pediatric AIDS, childhood cancer, and juvenile diabetes combined. Wow. As I mentioned, we focus here in Fort Bend County um, for our, some of our programs that I'll explain in just a second, um, but we uh, call around and look for updated stats, and we know that there's over 6,000 children diagnosed right now in our community going to our public schools, and we're trying to reach all of them, and that's part of our mission. Um, something else I wanted to point out too, as, as far as the financial aspect, and this is just staggering, and I know all of the special needs parents can relate to this, um, but according to JAMA Pediatrics, the lifetime cost of care with just one person with autism can be up to $2.4 million or $60,000 annually. Y'all, that's not adjusted for inflation. I know that... Um, <laughs> are going through that too. And to put it in perspective, um, the U.S. Department of Agriculture gives the stats on how much is it to raise a child in the U.S. And to compare notes with that 60,000 annually, it's about 16,000 for a child without autism, just for some perspective. So we know we have a lot of work to do. Um, this slide represents some of our programs. I won't go through all of them, but I'll kind of touch the highlights. Um, family assistance, uh, right there with the little house with the dollar sign, that's the one that people talk to us about the most. We do provide financial assist assistance to families um, up to $5,000 per year per child um, for select services and, um, and different qualifications. And you're welcome to um, give Chris or Ro or us a call to help you with an application. But we encourage people to take a look at that because autism is expensive. And uh, that was our flagship program that kicked off our organization back in 2011. And we're so proud to say we've actually reached nearly 1.7 million in, on the financial assistance mark. And uh, that's part of my job is to raise funds to help distribute to families who need it every day. 
Um, the other aspect of our uh, program right there on the trunk is family resources. So even if you're not a part of our financial assistance part of the program, we want to help you. Please call us. Use us as a resource. Um, anything you need to know. Referrals. We, we know lots of people who work in this space. Um, we're meeting new ones today. And mm -hmm. All right, my co-panelists, who I hope to get to know, um, and we have um, lots of information that we've collected in the span of our years um, about other resources, either directly in our community or even in some of the adjacent communities as well. Um, and then further up the tree, we have a few more things to mention. Um, we do lots of things for our parents and caregivers. You do not need, again, to be a part of our financial assistance aspect of the program to take advantage of HOPE, helping our parents excel, um, as well as some of our outreach and awareness. We do um, these uh, every month uh, online, just like these webinars, and you're welcome to join those for free. And then the last thing I'll mention on this slide is over on the right hand side, uh, it says monthly. Those are our monthly gatherings. So these are um, dads, moms, caregivers who want to get together over a meal. Uh, once a month, each of these different groups meet and you have a choice there. Um, just check our website out to see if that's something that might interest you to get to know socially other um, people who have things in common and resources to share and make new friends. So um, we're hoping to add some interest grandparents as well to have their own group. You can see that at the bottom coming soon. So if you are a grandparent and interested in being a part of this, please let us know. And we're always looking for help. So we are a nonprofit organization, 501c3. We love volunteers that help us with our events and some of our other programs. If you have spare time or even a teen who needs hours at school, we'd love to have you join us for one of our many events. Um, and we all run on donations. So that's always a part of what we do. Um, I just wanna say thank you again. That's pretty much the end of my speech. Um, I think our contact information is on the last slide and we look forward to your questions. Thank you so much. Before we go on to the next slide, I just want to say that um, I am a member of the Women's League here in my neighborhood, uh, Siena, which is south of Houston, and our Siena Women's League works with Hope for Three, helping to raise money, and everybody just appreciates you guys so much and what you do and volunteers with the organization, and everyone always comes back with great feedback about the organization uh, Hope for Three. So thank you uh, for being here with us today and for helping us present this information. I wanna make sure that everyone has a chance to see this slide and write down the info. But like I said, you will get it later on today and be able to have this for yourself. So did you have anything else to add? No, just thank you very much for having us on and we appreciate all the work everyone's doing to make our community stronger. Thank you so much. Fantastic. All right, so we have Eric from Autism Fitness. He gets to go first. Thank you very much. So where do I start? Well, I've, <laughs> I've spent 22 years and a couple months, few hours answering two questions. And those two questions are what if and how to. The what if is based around fitness as a life skill. So what if we considered fitness as a life skill 
for the ASD and neurodivergent population. What if we were able to bring comprehensive programs into their lives that made a difference in their activities of daily living, in their confidence and in their independence, and also served as preventative care for them as well as they age? And what if we could teach people, professionals and parents and family members, how to do this? And that gets to the how-to. So how do we do this? Because autism and neurodiversity is, is complex and everybody's a little bit different, but we see, we see similar traits and we see patterns. And when we have pattern recognition, then we can do something. So the how-to is the technical aspect. How do we develop a meaningful, effective fitness program? How do we implement that fitness program in a variety of different settings, whether we're talking about in home, in a school, in a therapeutic clinic, in a gym. And then how do we plan and program when we're not just talking about exercise? Exercise is of course the most important factor when we're talking about a physical fitness program, but you have three components that are gonna make a program successful. And in order to make that program successful, meaning having the outcomes that actually matter, you need to address the physical, obviously, so the exercise of themselves and how well the athlete can perform that. Oh, by the way, when I say athlete, I, I apologize. I should have prefaced that. Um, when we refer to an athlete, our all of our autism, fitness, our neurodivergent individuals are athletes because they are life skill athletes. They are progressing in their physical capabilities they are getting better at movement and they are generalizing it to their activities of daily living. So we have the physical cover. We have the adaptive. And that's the biggest question from parents. I get an email on a regular basis. My son, my daughter isn't motivated to exercise. Of course, I annoy everybody by answering a question with a question. What do we mean by exercise? What have you tried? What happened? You know, all, all the relevant information. So we have the physical, we have the adaptive. And then we have the cognitive and cognitive is interesting also because we're not just talking about, oh, high versus low, high versus low is garbage. We, there's so much more to a person than high functioning versus low functioning. I, I think that needs to be relegated to the trash bin. Rather, we're saying, how best does this individual take direction, cueing, their kinesthetic awareness? How do they, how do they feel their own body moving through space? And then of course, we can have answers that are going to be relevant to the success of the, the individual. So that P, the A, the C, that's something called the PAC profile that I developed. Because when I started out as a personal trainer undergoing you know, ABA training 23 years ago, there was no blueprint for fitness for this population. Fitness for this population wasn't even a thing. It wasn't even on the radar. But now... I think culturally we're recognizing that fitness is not just a sports thing. Fitness is a life thing. So the question of what if and how to then becomes what's possible when we put together programming that actually works. So we know what works with neurotypical populations. So how do we take that, extract it, and then develop programs that work for each and every individual? So the last thing that 
I'll leave you with at least right now and forgive my wordiness. I live in Charlotte, North Carolina, but I am from New York. So hence, <laughs> hence the fast talk. Can't get away no, from it. No, you're doing great. And thank you very much. I also spent all night teaching for a group in Singapore. So I, I, uh, I, I taught from 9 p.m. to 5 a.m. my time. So coffee. Co uh, coffee and motivation. So the last thing is, if we are going to implement fitness programs for this population, it needs to be done right. This population deserves that. A program, a fitness program, is not just a bunch of exercises thrown together. We need to be able to assess, address, and continue to progress. And that's what we do at Autism Fitness, and we do that worldwide. That's fantastic. So your services are provided virtually. So anybody anywhere can do this. Yep. And it says that the cost varies depending on the service. Can you give us a, a range? Yeah, sure. Um, depending on if I'm consulting with a family, that can be anywhere from uh, $150 for a consultation and breaking down what we need to do in a program. And then I have some very intrepid and dedicated parents who go through my uh, full autism fitness level one certification, uh, which is 649 and can be done anywhere. If it, if it can be done in Singapore, then it can be done in Texas. Absolutely. That is fantastic. Eric, thank you so much for your time and your information today. Um, if you want to contact Eric and learn more about autism fitness, of course, his information is all here on the slide. I love that you say that fitness is a life skill. If you have questions for Eric, please put them in the chat box and he's going to address those questions. All right. So next we have Chelsea from CN Vision Image Consulting. Chelsea, would you like to step up and take over? Yes. Hi, everybody. Can you hear me okay, Michelle? We can, thank you. Okay, great, great. Uh, thank you, Eric, for that awesome presentation to start us off. Uh, it was great learning about your services and what y'all will do. Um, and very much like your services, the what I teach is also life skills, to be honest with you. Uh, my company is called C Envision Image Consulting. Uh, we started uh, back in 2011, I would say, 2012. And the services that I provide are... Um, life skills, soft skills, teaching students who are of all disabilities, particularly with a specialty in teaching students who are blind or visually impaired, adaptive and non-visual grooming and hygiene techniques. So as uh, let's see if you guys can uh, pick, on, pick this up. I know we've heard this cliche before, but maybe class participation or put it in the chat or unmute yourself. But when you hear the words, um, when you look good, you. I know the answer, I know. What is it? When you look good, you feel yeah. good. Very good. I see John, Michelle, other people said that. And if you're saying it under your breath on mute, you got it, all right? So when you look good, you feel good, right? So a lot about physical fitness and all this stuff that we're talking about today is all the things that we do um, on a fitness level and exercising and all that kind of stuff to make our bodies feel good and look good. On the other spectrum of that is also how we present ourselves to the world, uh, how we look, um, making those great first impressions, right? And we all know that when you're doing that on a daily basis, it doesn't matter if you're in school, doesn't matter if you're going on with your first job interviews, 
in, which is very, very important when I'm working with uh, Texas Workforce and um, you know, educational service centers with students who are between the ages of 14 to 22, who are at those ages where they're learning to go into their young adult lives and going into the workforce for the first time. A lot of them, thank you, um, Jerry, for, <laughs> he says feel good too. Um, so yeah, so it, it, you know, it can be a very intimidating uh, thing to go into life and not have those soft skills. And oftentimes, let's just be honest, people make snap judgments about us when they look at us for the first time. And most of the population in the world is gonna be cited. So the chances are that your interviewer is gonna be a person who can see you. And how many people can guess, just type it in, put it in the chat. How much time does it take to make a first impression? Give me seconds, give me minutes, give me hours, whatever you think. I see Jessica says two seconds, Melody one minute, Sandra instantly, Michelle says five seconds. Woo, we got lots of like people. 2.2 seconds, Shay, that is amazing. I've never had somebody say 2.2 seconds. <laughs> Jennifer says five. All right, so the answer, seven seconds. I haven't seen anybody say it yet, but Jennifer, you are really, really close. Ah, Jerry says seven. Now that I gave you the answer, that's not really fair. <laughs> that's okay, I'll give you a point anyway. Um, Justin says seven too, and you probably already knew that, but yeah. So, so it's amazing. It's only seven seconds in that split seven seconds. Okay. 7.2, Jessica. <laughs> you guys are hilarious, honestly. Um, so pretty, pretty good. Um, but yeah, just imagine that's so quick, right? So in those seven seconds, you're making that first impression with an employer, with a teacher, with your audience, whatever that may be. And so a first impression is really important and really hard to get rid of if it's a bad first impression, right? So my job uh, with a cosmetology degree background, I have a, a business degree as well, but um, I started out in this industry as a cosmetologist and uh, owned my own salon and spa for about 15 years, accidentally um, you know, got into um, becoming a paraprofessional because I saw a great need for my talents and skills as a beautician to teach these um, life skills, image skills, and consult individuals with disabilities on how to look and feel the best for any type of life situation, whether that was for employment, whether that was for you know, daily life. And, and really, in the end of the day, like we said earlier, when you look good, you feel good, and vice versa. When you feel good, you also look good, right? We make, we make that, um, that link. So a lot of times, you know, kind of like how I'm kind of tying it all back into today's, you know, subject matter is about, you know, physical fitness, taking good care of yourself. Um, a lot of our students who have disabilities, oftentimes we'll see in our industry and our, in our field is that they don't take good care of their personal hygiene, right? Um, and grooming, it's just the age I mean, it's really a part of the age, but when you add on, I mean, that's like teenagers without autism or you know other disabilities and stuff that they already have a, at that age, they're teenagers, their body starts changing. Um, they're not aware how important it is 
um, to uh, for self care and self maintenance and, and grooming and proper hygiene. And so that can cause lots of long lasting and damaging effects, right? Whether it's like not gaining friends, low self esteem, low self image, um, and all of these things, which can totally be bypassed if they're taught at an earlier age as you know they're changing, that these things are really important. And the simple tools and techniques that are used to do that. Um, maybe a lot of you can also agree that a lot of our parents and caregivers also enable our children, right? Our students to do it for them or think that they can't do it for themselves or maybe afraid that if we teach them how to shave for themselves, they might cut themselves. If we teach them how to use a curling iron uh, that's heated to curl their own hair and style their own hair or flat iron it for school, that they might accidentally burn themselves, right? So there's these are valid, valid concerns as a parent. I mean, for any parent, doesn't matter if you have a student with a disability or not, right? I'm a parent of two. And when my boys were growing up, now they're 26 and 24, but as they were growing up, I was kind of like worried, like, are they going to learn how to shave themselves properly? Or are they going to cut themselves and nick themselves, right? You don't want to see your children go through pain or any kind of like difficulty. And so that's where I come in. My team and I will come in um, and we'll teach these non-visual adaptive grooming and hygiene techniques. Um, I think Cynthia has a question. How many times have you burned your ear and curly iron? Exactly. Mm -hmm. I'm guilty. I burned my forehead. I burned my neck. I burned my ear. You know, um, and and um, you know, and so, and she says, as I always say, how dare them be normal, right? Um, so yeah, it you know, everybody that happens to everybody, okay, doesn't matter if you have a disability or not. So where I come in is I even the playing field, all right. As a educator for many many years, who loves education, who loves breaking things down to the micro you know, steps, right? Um, it's just the way that my brain works. I take it down to where it's so simple that basically, you know, anybody can do it, right? And I teach them these skills and does it, you know, I adapt these skills into these techniques depending on their level of mobility and all that kind of stuff as well. And so these services are totally free um, and offered through um, Texas Workforce. If your student has a counselor with Texas Workforce in Texas, then they can reach out to their counselors with TWC and receive these services by requesting CN Vision Image Consulting. We are contracted. Then you can also receive our trainings and services through the educational service centers. So if you know of um, expanded core curriculum, that's kind of like where we fall under for blind and visually impaired services. My contact information is up on the top of the screen. Um, you can look at us online. We also teach virtually, which um, during the summer is great when a lot of us are traveling or things like that. So um, during COVID, you know, provided classes uh, and trainings as well. So um, having that said, thank you all very, very much, um, Michelle, for inviting me here today. Hope I've been able to kind of share some useful information and services and, if, uh, and, and I hope to collaborate with you all and again, help um, elevate and empower our community of uh, students and parents. Thank you. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Chelsea. This sounds like a great, great program. Thank I you. mean, I'm not, um, I'm not 
special, you know, needs or have any disability or blind or anything, but I still need help applying makeup, I feel like. So it's a yeah. great service that you offer. And I see that someone wants to know how long the program is. A uh, very good question. So let's just say a basic um, makeup class, non-visual or adaptive makeup class for our young ladies would be like a three-hour class if you're really getting down to the nitty-gritty hands-on. Um, but then if we're doing, I've done trainings that are more like um, listen and learn that can be just a few hours, a couple of hours. But if we're doing hands-on and I'm coming in with full supplies, equipment and tools, for the students to keep and take home, depending on the budget, then um, those can be uh, days long. And it really, I customize it according to each organization, whoever is requesting my services. And with Texas Workforce, they actually, um, yes, we teach males as well. A lot of male adaptive grooming and hygiene techniques, how to tie a tie non-visually, how to dress for success, how to shave, how to you know do your own hair and things like that. So it's male and female. Um, for, for, you know, co-ed and, um, thank you very much. I hope that helps answer some questions. And if you all have any more questions, feel free to email me. Okay. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Chelsea. Okay. You're Justin, you're up next. Hey, how you guys doing? My name is Justin Flakes. Um, for one, I would like to thank you guys for just doing this because there is a need in our community especially the autism community for all these different types of services. So it's good to see that there are people out there that just care. Um, I've been in the community of special needs for the last 15 years, working in the school district in numerous uh, jobs, uh, reach, uh, life skills. And one of the common things that I've noticed is they not only lack social skills, but they also lack the necessary physical skills to live a normal life. Uh, and by normal, I mean a life of just regular things that they like to do. You know, each kid is different. And so normal for them might not be normal for someone else, but their normal lives have been affected ever since COVID hit. And so I decided to step in knowing that I had a background in health and fitness and a background working with students with autism. And so I created a company called BeFit Universal. And what we do with BeFit Universal is we do sports specific activities and we make it fun for students that need the adaptive services. So currently I work out of multiple facilities and we do different sports. We do dodgeball, we do kickball, we do soccer, we do track, we do t-ball. And this is a way of engaging kids and allowing them to be in a community of others and to actually enjoy doing something. They get to be a part of something. And not only do they get to be a part of something, they get to be social doing it. You know, oftentimes they off, they're often outcast in gym class to where they're kind of to the side by themselves while the other kids are working out, you know, having fun. And so they don't get to really experience what it's like to actually enjoy an actual gym class. And so I try to provide that in, a, in an actual setting. For those that may need a little bit more one-on-one -on -one attention, I try to provide that as well. A lot of the kids that I work with are trying to do Special Olympics. And, you know, Special Olympics, they have, they have all these different types of, you know, different types of events, specifically track. And so they need a little bit of one-on-one -on -one attention. 
I try to provide that as well. That's on a case by case basis based off of recommendations and what the parent needs. And so that's a separate pricing for the sports camp. I usually do those per month and it's, it's one, it's one day a week for four days per month and it's $50. And I also do the individual pricing and Although the pricing is listed at 150, I'm gonna put 150. No, I'm sorry, the 70 $75 for 50 minutes. Try to email me and we see what we we'll see what we can do. Because again, we're one community and we're all trying to achieve the same thing. So I want to see kids grow. So just email me and we'll see what we can do as far as the pricing for those that are trying to do the individual attention. Any yeah. questions? Fantastic. I love that. Thank you so much. Now you do this in person. So where are you located? I'm in I mean, multiple. I can kind of tell by your, your phone number, but. <laughs> I'm in the Houston, greater, greater Houston area. So I work okay. out of multiple facilities. I also do in-home visits as well. So it's anywhere that's in the greater Houston area. Fantastic. And I do see a question that, um, Someone wants to know if the Texas Workforce Commission can help pay for the, the fitness programs. Um, I know that the Texas Workforce Commission pays for a lot of training for education and work, you know, training um, that, that children or students might need to be able to get a job. I don't know that they would consider this as something needed to get a job, but I would certainly ask them if I were you. Yeah, that, that might be something that you could ask uh, because currently I'm not set up with Texas Workforce to, to receive that type of commitment, but it's something that you can reach out to. If, if, if it's something that matches, I'm willing to work with them on it. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Dustin, for being here today and for your time. And again, if you have questions for Justin, I do see one in the chat. If you'd like to answer it now, you can, or if you want to Put it in the chat box that's fine too justin okay i'm doing it right now okay fantastic then we'll go ahead and move on um okay so next we have cynthia aldridge with the village of triumph cynthia are you here yes ma'am i had to unmute myself i'm so sorry i do that several times a day <laughs> Okay, I have to confess, this is my very first webinar, so everybody, please have some patience with me. We are um, glad that you're here, Cynthia. I try, I do. Um, the Village of Triumph is a God-inspired endeavor. Uh, ever since I found out that my youngest daughter had Down syndrome, and as she was going through the school systems and all this stuff, it frustrated me so much that things like just reading and, you know, social skills and stuff like that, they weren't teaching my daughter, you know, and I got to paying attention to it and they, it wasn't just my daughter and every school she's been in, they, like I had one teacher call me at work one day and your daughter's throwing papers all over the classroom. And I'm like, if she did not have Down syndrome, would you be letting her do that? Well, of course not. Then don't let her do that. <laughs> it's like, I understand that they're a little different. I understand that they learn things different. They, they do things different. Lexi stutters. So that's a, a struggle for her too. 
you know, but they're still kids. They still can learn right from wrong. They can still learn how to do things, maybe not the same way you and I would do it, but that doesn't mean that they can't learn it. So that's where the Village of Triumph came from. And if you noticed, our logo is David and Goliath because uh, God told me that Lexi was David and the Down syndrome was Goliath. And she was going to overcome her Goliath, you know, with God's help, just like David did. And so that's how I look at all of these kids, every single one, Down syndrome, autism, cerebral palsy, it doesn't matter. They all need to learn these things. They all need to learn how to, how to deal with the real world. They need to learn how to, how to have the social skills to understand that, you know, just because you're playing doesn't mean the other person's taking it as playing. So you have to, they need to learn these, these cues. And I understand that some of them can't. You know, some of them, you have to break it down 50 million different levels to get it to where they understand it. But that's where our patience comes in because one child with Down syndrome is not going to grasp something the same as another child with Down syndrome. So the same goes for Down syndrome and autism. Every single one of them is different, you know. So the Village of Triumph, we... Uh, Basically, we do our classes on Saturday afternoons. We do cooking classes, craft classes. Uh, I had a woodworker and I lost her. So I'm learning how to do woodworking. <laughs> so if anybody wants to help me with woodworking, holler at me. Um, but I mean, you know, it's everything is cognitive and fine motor and, and oral motor and social and, you know, learning to read the instructions, the directions, whether it's whether you're making something or you're cooking, you know, and I just, I get frustrated with people when I hear them say, oh, they can't do that. They have autism or, oh, she can't do that because she has Down syndrome. Have you tried? That, that's what I always want to ask them. I don't a lot of times because I don't want to offend the parent, you know, but have you tried? You know, maybe they can't learn it the way that you do it. You know, maybe you need to find more gadgets. Maybe you need to find more uh, uh, assistance things for them. And that's okay. But that doesn't mean that you start out treating them like they're five when they're 25. You know, you treat them the, the age that they are for whatever it is that you're trying to teach them. And you break it down step by step until you see the light bulb go off on their in their eyes of, oh, I got it now, you know, and then the next new thing you started at the age that they are and you break it down until you see the light bulb go off again. But just because they grasp something at a five year old level on one thing doesn't mean that they're going to be a five year old level on everything across the board, because Take autism, for example, they are amazing with numbers. They just, they floor me. I'm like, how do you do that? But they do. <laughs> and that there's one that I met that I had not seen him for like three years. And the next time I saw him, he comes up to me and he goes, your birthday's August 2nd. How do you do that? Oh. 
you know, and kids with autism are the only ones I've ever met that could do that type of stuff. So I'm absolutely fascinated with kids with autism. Don't tell my daughter that though. (laughs) (laughs) Cynthia, we have a couple of questions for you. Uh, People love this, love what you're saying. So what age group do you feel like is the best or, or what ages do you serve? Well, because I do everything out of my house, I have to keep things, you know, keep the groups uh, small, which I would do anyway, because, you know, that way I can give whichever one needs a little extra attention, I can do that, you know. But right now, the youngest one I have is 16, uh, all the way up to 42. But I have Down syndrome. Would you be willing to have younger kids? That is my goal. That honestly, that is my goal is to start younger. The only reason I started older is because of my own daughter, actually. But my goal here is to start with them as young as possible. I mean, there's all kinds of things through school and everything for the younger ones. However, when I was a para, there was this one little five-year-old kindergartner that I was working with. I was told he was nonverbal, he was a runner, he was a hitter, and I'm like, okay, let me meet him. I listen to what you have to say, but then I want to meet the kid. I don't want to judge the kid by what, you know, especially negative stuff, what they tell me, you know, but anyway, they couldn't, the parents couldn't even go out to a restaurant and stay for a whole meal with this kid because he would throw a fit and stuff and they would leave, and I'm like, Okay, you know, I understand that. But by the end of the year, mom told me, I need to know what you're doing because now we can take him out to a restaurant and actually stay for a whole meal. And I'm like, he's a kid. You treat him like a kid. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're not going to let a child without autism run around and scream and holler, then don't let the one that's with autism. And the younger you start them, the easier it's going to be on everybody, including the kid. That's my opinion. Yeah. Thank you so much, Cynthia. You have a few questions, uh, but we're running out of time. So if okay, you I'm going to share them. those in the chat box. Thank you yes, so much. Anytime. Uh, this is my love. <laughs> thank you, Cynthia. Okay. Next we have uh, Catherine Spencer with the STEPS program. Hi, I'm Catherine. Um, So I'll just give you a little bit of background about our program as a whole, and then also go into the summer series. So STEPS is based in Deer Park. We have an in-person learning facility for individuals with disabilities. We primarily focus on adults after they've aged out of high school. And in Texas, I'm not sure, I'm sure you're all aware, you can go to high school until you're 22. So most of our adults are over the age of 22, and we have adults all the way into their 50s. Um, We focus on vocational training and independent living skills, and also getting them jobs in the community if that's something that they're interested in. So we have a few young adults who are um, starting to work at Whataburger in our in our area and uh, Chick-fil-A and Cinemark. So we're very excited about that. And in our program, they create items um, like t-shirts, which you can't see the t-shirt that I'm wearing right now, but they did actually make this. They make shirts and mugs and tumblers and, um, you know, really anything that you can think of. We are going to have an art gallery soon that they display all of their art. Um, So, you know, we've, everyone kind of touched on this and I just want to go back to it that um, 
there's so many people who, you know, they don't give our young adults and our children the opportunity to be normal or typical. And with the opportunity to do something that we would do, like I, we always try to treat our, adult, our adults the same way that I would want to be treated or our other staff would want to be treated. We give them the same opportunities to do everything that we can. And if we adapt the program to make it where it fits to them individually, we do our best to do that. So um, with the, uh, with the, given the opportunities, they will do everything. They, and it's so exciting to see, just like Cynthia was saying, um, to see the light bulb go on and to see how they get so excited and gain so much confidence from being given the opportunity to share their own individual talents. It's amazing. Um, so it says on the, on the slide that we're actually going to have a summer series which one of our summer series is a cooking class with a local chef, Chef Brittany. Um, it says $40, but we actually just secur secured a sponsorship from HEB. So all of our classes are only going to be $25 now. So um, oh, hopefully, Thank yeah, you, hopefully more, yeah, hopefully more people will uh, be able to join us. Um, we have June's theme is childhood classics. So on June 8th, we have spaghetti and meat sauce, June 22nd is chocolate chip blondies or sugar cookie blondies, so that way people can choose what they'd like. Uh, July's is Tex-Mex favorites. We have beef enchiladas on July 13th, and then July 27th, churro cheesecake bars. August themed is actually pizza night with the families, so people will get to, the young adults will, and children, everyone is invited to attend. Um, they get to make their own pizzas and then invite their families, so we'll actually have it set up as like a little restaurant so they can present what they've made. And with each class, you get an hour and a half of instruction, um, three to four servings of the menu item to actually take home. So um, they're gonna be in the afternoon, it's between four and 5.30. So then you can just go right home, they can take their item home and you can have that for dinner. And you also will get a, um, a recipe card with photos so then they can duplicate it as home. Um, we also have some other classes coming up. Budgeting basics is going to be June 15th, and it's an hour of instruction, and then they get a, a helpful hints um, workbook to take home, just so that way they can work on some stuff at home, and, um, you know, we're always available to answer any questions. Intro to gardening will be August 6th, which hopefully will not be too hot, but we're going to try to get into fall gardening. They have an hour in of instruction, and then they get to take a small planter home and a helpful hints handout. Resume writing is June 29th, and that is an hour of instruction as well with a helpful hints handout to come home. And interview basics is July 6th at uh, 12 p.m. and it's an hour of instruction as well. Um, this, this schedule of classes is on your website, I assume? Yes, it is on our website. We are having a little bit of a problem with our uh, website. Um, I guess service. So some of it does not pop up correctly, but you're able to download the PDF with all the information. It's also on our Facebook and our um, Instagram as well, which our Instagram is at steps underscore TX and then Facebook. If you just look up skills, transitioning and employment pathways to success, you'll find us there. Um, and then I'd love to talk about the next slide as well, if we have time. Okay, um, so Tracy Johnston was not able to come, but she actually runs an amazing program that we partner with, and she's actually the founder of STEPS as well. But Next Step Transition Center is um, a day, well, they, 
It's a day habilitation center or indi individualized skills and socialization center in Deer Park. So that's also for adults and teens when they're out of school. Um, they come and they go on community outings every day. And I really invite all of you guys to check out the Next Step Transition Center Facebook because you can see all of the cool stuff they're doing. They have bowling every Thursday. They go to the library every Monday. They go to the movies. They go to golf and games. They're going to do something with the Sailing Angels. Um, and all of those programs can be funded by waiver programs, including Texas Home Living, HCS, and um, CLASS. And if any of you are not familiar with those programs, please feel free to email us, um, and I would be happy to answer any of those questions. You can also, um, if you do not have those programs, you there is private pay available, but I would suggest um, try to get waiver programs if you have not already signed up for those. But there's just so many fun things that they're doing, and um, it's a great way for them to gain a sense of community and um, work on their independent living skills. Fantastic. Thank you so much for presenting today and for presenting on Tracy's behalf as well. Um, we do help families a lot of times get those waiver programs or mm -hmm. get on the waiting list. That's one thing that we we talk to families about every single day. Yeah. Um, I just I know that some people have jumped onto the webinar since we've started. And I want you to know that, yes, this is being recorded. And later on today, you will receive the slides and the recording uh, in your email that you registered with. What was the name of Tracy's program again? It's Next Step Transition Center. Oh, thank you very much for being You're on welcome. the ball with that chat. All right, thank you so much. Next, we have the Red Arena, Jennifer Young. Hello, everyone. Hello. Uh, so we are a therapeutic writing center in Dripping Springs in San Marcos, um, and so serving Central Texas. Uh, we offer therapeutic writing lessons, the therapies on the horse, PTOT speech, also known as hippotherapy. Um, we also have a job training program, and so um, our participants participants can come and they learn horse care and barn management and kind of all the skill sets that would go into any job, wearing their name tag, wearing their uniform, checking the schedule. Um, you know, we have visual or picture schedule or, you know, kind of breaking down the, the, um, the task into, you know, manageable, um, manageable ways. And then we also uh, have just added this year, we have an, our new arena in Dripping Springs. We have space for a day vocational program. And so we have that. Uh, they're coming for a four hour um, to create crafts. So we've got some nice art creation times happening and um, those items are sold in the gift shop. And part of their day though also includes, because I'm a physical therapist, um, also includes physical activity. It's a big push on social skills, social interacting uh, with peers and with the community. And then some of our participants then also work in the gift shop. Um, so we have a variety of um, programs and uh, yes, we do accept um, classes and HCS. Um, we are uh, providers with them. And um, so if you're not in Central Texas, but you're in other areas, um, when you're looking for writing, um, it's such a great way. Uh, it really, there's no diagnosis that doesn't benefit from being on the horse. Um, you know, our kids with autism, uh, I say kids, we serve kids and adults. Um, 
but it's a sensory calming experience. It's such a deep proprioceptive activity. Um, and we just see uh, such great communication and calming come out uh, when they've been on their horse for a little bit. Um, you know, if we've got high tone, low tone, um, being on the horse can do the opposite. So if they've got high tone, it helps relax tone. If we're really low tone, it actually helps engage the core so we can work on strength balance coordination while we're on the horses. Um, and for me, the reason I wasn't a horse person, just a PT uh, doing pediatrics, but I learned and, and saw kids riding. Uh, I'd see them the day after they rode at, a, at another center, um, Rock in Georgetown, which is just phenomenal. And um, their tone was decreased even the day after um, they hadn't ridden. And so I was so impressed with the impacts on tone. But what I really loved was how much they loved it. Um, they, uh, you know, coordination, um, I'm sorry, self-esteem, confidence, communication, um, all those things that we want to hit for our developing kids. So they're, they're getting it on the horse. Uh, great physical grains, but just uh, gains, but also the, um, you know, the cognitive and emotional and social benefits of being it. So that what is what hooked me to start this program. And we serve about 200 kids and adults each week between both of our locations. Um, I know we're getting short on time. I just wanted to throw out there because I know not everyone's here in Central Texas. Um, when you're looking for a therapeutic riding center, if your um, child, your loved one has really good balance um, and good coordination, you know, safe, I think most path centers are, um, are good and safe. Um, but if you have a child or loved one that really has some um, significant mobility issues, you really want to look for a center that has a physical therapist on staff. Um, I've just kind of seen other centers, and even if they're premier accredited, I feel like their safety standards is not what I would be up for um, as a PT looking in. And I think, and we get a lot of families here that have ridden at other centers that say, oh gosh, we feel really safe here. Um, so if you don't feel safe at another place, it might not be um, the one to go to. And it might be that we want to look at other ones. And that's kind of part of our strategic plan uh, moving forward is uh, kind of raising the level of safety across the therapeutic writing um, centers, uh, um, profession in general. So uh, I can jump into the chat unless there's any questions for me. No, I don't see any right off the bat. But again, if you have questions for Jennifer, please put them in the chat and uh, she can answer you over there. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, Allison, Allison Vickery, Hi. Missouri City Parks and Rec Adapted Recreation. Yeah, hi everybody. Um, again, I know we are we are short on time, so I'll try to make mine pretty brief. Um, I work for Missouri City Parks and Recreation with our Adapted Recreation programs. Um, I actually started the Adaption, Adapted Recreation programs about two years ago, so it's still kind of getting off the floor running. Um, and so we'd love for you to guys to join us. We have a variety of different kinds of programs here. Um, but before I get into those programs, I wanted to just share that you do not need to be a resident of Missouri City. Um, and you also do not need to have a membership to our rec center either. A lot of our programs are just kind of a one-off kind of a thing. If you wanna pay for just that one class or if you wanna pay for that one session, you can do that. Um, but we have some really fun things uh, just to get your, your, your people out and active. Um, things from a drum and rhythm circle that happens once a month, 
that is really great. We have a, a contractor that comes out with a bunch of different instruments. It's not just drums, it's a bunch of instruments and they have a lot of really great fun um, doing rhythm and um, just getting the musical side of things. We also have a um, sensory garden here that we partner with, a I call it games and gardens. So we play a group game, whether it's bingo or something. And then we also get out in the garden and, and water and learn about all the sensory type of plants that are out there. Um, we have some really exciting things coming up in the summertime. We have a partnership with our Special Olympics Texas organization. Um, we're starting a unified basketball league that is going to be partnering with our fire and police departments here in Missouri City. So um, if you have any questions about that, please let me know. Um, we're really excited about that. It's the first time that Special Olympics has done something like this. Um, we are, I do see a question. I'm gonna get to that in just a second, I promise, about the open house. I'm gonna get to that. Um, we do also have at the end of summer from, on, from July 31st until August 3rd, we have a, an adapted sports camp that's gonna be taking place here in Missouri City variety of different sports we're doing. We're doing kayaking, archery, bocce ball, volleyball, um, some soccer as well. Um, so it's a really great time. What we are very a big advocates on is if you haven't tried it, you might love it. Um, I know I've had a, one of our, one of the people that's in the chat right now, her granddaughter has never been in a boat before. And she said, I don't know, she might love it, she might hate it. And so we got into her, into a kayak. Um, I think that was last year was the first time she did it. She loved it. So that's a big thing to just keep in mind is you never know uh, what your, your child or your loved one is going to enjoy or what they'll thrive in. So just try it at least once and um, we'll get it going. Um, a lot of those different programs, I don't have firm, age limits on as far as going upwards. There are some that some of our contractors are um, have a preference of no less than eight or no less than 10, things like that. The Special Olympics basketball is no less than 15. So it just kind of varies. Please um, just give me a, a, send me an email and ask me any specific questions that you have. I did want to point out Justin that presented a little while ago, a few slides back with BFIT. He's also one of our contractors. He mentioned that um, one of our programs, the BFIT Universal Fitness Class takes place here. So he's um, a really great, asset for us here. Um, uh, and then if you wanted to go over to the next slide, I was going to um, talk about our open house that we're having on June 7th. It's going to be here at the rec center. This is an opportunity for you to just come out and see what we have to offer. We'll have a bunch of different booths going on of um, different programs that we are providing here in the city, as well as a skills assessment for the Special Olympics Basketball League. Um, another really fun thing that's going to happen on that day uh, that I wanted to just touch base on really quick is that our department is actually in the process of completing a certification training. If anybody's familiar with IBCCES, don't ask me what that stands for. Um, <laughs> But it's, um, it's actually a national organization for to have um, facilities become certified autism centers. Um, and they require 80% of your staff to be to go through an autism training as well as going through a few of our different facilities to um, just showcase what we have to offer as far as sensory needs, things like that. Um, and we're completing that training 
by the end of this month and we're going to be doing a public a public announcement with our city council at the open house as well so really exciting stuff um, that we have going on I don't want to take up too much time because I know there's more people after me um, but I'll get over to the the chat and answer questions that I see over there so thanks for having me I appreciate it thank you so much okay up next we have Richard Hurley Richard I'm sorry that we're running out of time if we will include you in the next one if you want to join, but please okay. tell us all about your, sure. your program and take your time because people are willing to stay on. Great, okay. So one thing I love, I love teaching kiddos who have been told they will never learn piano. It is just the greatest thing. And you, and you take the kiddos back to the people who said that and you see their jaws just drop through the floor. It's the greatest. You know, especially when the when the parents get the diagnosis first, some some it happened to two of my families the, the you know, the neurologist said just said, well, your kid is just never going to play piano. Right. And the kid was 18 was 18 months. So the question is, I've been doing this since 2009. I just want to make sure this is on. How do you get from here to here? Okay, so there are patterns that are common to all pieces. And you start off not by teaching them to sight read, because that will just kill their enthusiasm instantly, but just take the middle finger, the middle finger, not the pointer, and it's a complex reason, it has to be the middle, and just tap out the black keys. And what you're doing is you're teaching them to let the note go, right? You're teaching them the shoulder to support the arm and the arm to support the wrist. And then you teach them to let the key go. That's so important. See basketball, great. That's it, that's what you're doing in basketball. You're tapping the ball and you're letting it go, right? You can't bounce the ball and hold the ball at the same time. Piano is exactly the same. So how do you get from there and, and work your way on? So the next thing is to teach them right from the very beginning that it's all about patterns. Then we move into chromatics. It's an 88 note sequence, but if you break it down into its sequences and then an extra two notes, and then you suddenly have. And then you add in the extra four and they're going. Wow. Right now I've got kiddos with speech delay with behavior issues with learning disabilities. All of that just goes out the window when they sit down to play, right? Now, the, the one, one important thing is, is to keep the learning methodology shifting through the lesson, to move to different, different ways of teaching, to pull out a big sheet of paper, color in your notes, get them to, to match the color of those notes to the colors of the notes on, on the keys, right? And you, you, keep, you keep teaching them that music is nothing more than patterns. And then suddenly you tell them, how about this piece? Okay, and you're into Riders on the Storm, okay? And then this, what sounds impossible, it's just a series of, and even if you just teach them just in one class and then another little part the next class, suddenly three weeks later, they're playing the whole thing 
and the parents are just on the floor in absolute amazement. Now we'll just take a break from the piano lessons for a second. We have a band of our kiddos, they're older. You love this, it's called Click, Like, Subscribe, okay? <laughs> and we play everything from, you know, the Bee Gees to Cool and the Gang, Earth, Wind and Fire, Stevie Wonder, Chic, right? And they, they just have a great time. And if there's anybody out there who wants to join the band, we need singers. We really <laughs> Those are all my favorite bands, but right? I am not a singer, so don't look at me. <laughs> yeah, we, 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 we could do with some singers. So the last thing is, I just wanna take you through the idea of, of patterns and how you move through different, different songs. So we've, everybody knows this one, right? Funky Town. And suddenly you're then into Sugar Plum Fairy. Or the whole of the Mountain King. And then a simple pattern from Hungarian Rhapsody. Now something more formal like Bach. like this you're just teaching nuggets and even if you're just teaching just a tiny little nugget each week suddenly unknown to the parents they can do this and then you teach them what about the similarity between solfeggetto and Finally, you could, could do some West Side Story, which is also a pattern. Okay, finally, you get towards the end and maybe after about two years, you're into something more complicated like So all of that you achieve without sight reading. That is wonderful. Thank you. Thank, thank you so much, Richard. Now you are uh, you are in Austin, but you also offer I online courses. Is that correct? Yes, I'm teaching kids in New York um, right now. They're learning everything you just heard, and uh, you know it's it's a great program. Thankfully, I owe everything that I learned here to the Williams Community School, which is a dedicated special needs school. So, you know, I teach out in the open corridor. So all the therapists, as they walk by, they can always put their hand on my shoulder and give me some advice, right? So that's how I learned to teach kiddos with special needs. Yes, so Fantastic. we do online, we do in home, and you can come to the school if you're in Austin as well. Fantastic, fantastic. Thank you so much. There are a couple of questions. Um, if you want to chat, uh, hop into the chat and grab those. I have 
you know, we've run out of time and I would much rather allow our speakers to speak, but check out our slides when you get these later on today. We do these webinars every single week. We are a dedicated team. We're here to support you um, and the special needs community. We always offer a free consultation focused on special needs and financial planning. Um, these consultations are completely free. We want to learn about you and your situation, and then we'll tell you about us and how we work and what we charge. Uh, we will be reaching out to you. We will send you these slides and the recording from today's webinar, and please join us for more because um, we do these every week. So follow us, look at our YouTube channel. All of our previous webinars are there. Um, we also have Instagram, our podcast, and our Facebook page where we, we post these uh, webinars as they're coming up. Again, thank you everybody so much for presenting with us today. Richard, since you got cut off a little bit, I invite you to please get with Meredith and see if you can get on our next rotation so we can let you have a little bit more time next time. But again, thank you everybody for being here today. We are here to help. So reach out if there's anything we can do to help you. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye, everybody. Securities and advisory services offered through Triad Advisors, member FINRA and SIPC, Consolidated Planning Group Incorporated and Triad Advisors LLC are not affiliated. Advisory services offered through Consolidated Planning Group Incorporated. Consolidated Planning Group Incorporated is not affiliated with Triad Advisors.